0: So, as Robert mentioned earlier, I know that Mother's Day can be a rough day for some people. For a variety of reasons, not everybody has a picture-perfect relationship with their mother, maybe. Some of us are grieving the loss of our mothers. Uh, Some of us wish we could be mothers and and are not. And some of us chose not to be mothers and don't really want to uh, be told Happy Mother's Day all the time. So, we totally understand that we We uh, acknowledge that and want you to know that, uh, for many reasons, we're sensitive to that. But something happened a couple of weeks ago that made me rethink the way we look at Mother's Day. And it made me realize that there are some global lessons of motherhood that really are good for all of us, regardless of whether or not you're a mother, whether or not you're even a female. And so these are some of the things that I want to talk about today. Here's what happened. Um, A couple of weeks ago, my husband Tim and I were in Moab for the weekend. And we encountered a young man, maybe late 20s, early 30s. And he was definitely not right. Something was off with him. I don't know if it was mental illness. I don't know if it was drugs. Whatever it was, maybe he was just having a bad day and was really angry, but he was shouting sort of obscenities and anger as he walked down the street. And at first we thought he was with somebody and was yelling at someone who had passed him. And then we realized that wasn't the case, that he was all by himself and just, you know, not, not in a good place. And it made both of us sad. We kind of looked at each other and gave each other a little, you know, sad nod as, as he wandered off. And we got in our car and I said to Tim, you know, I think what makes me most sad is that that's somebody's son. Somewhere there's a mother who is anxious and worried, maybe heartbroken over what she knows her boy is going through. And then I paused and I said, you know, if that was my son, I'd want to know that somebody was loving on him, that somebody was being patient and kind and offering him some compassion when I couldn't. And so then that got me thinking, what if we just treated everyone like the beloved sons and daughters they are? What if we took lessons from mothers with their nurturing hearts and their unconditional love? What if we took lessons from mothers about their, their innate bond that they seem to have with humanity? Sometimes played out well, sometimes not. I get that. But maybe that's a way we could confront some of the massive issues that begin to to, uh, confound us in this day and age. The faithful heart of a mother is accessible to everyone, that faithful heart that says you are worthy, you are beautiful, your voice matters, and who can also say sit up straight, stop picking on your brother, and go brush your teeth. We all need that, and we all have access to that. So regardless of whether or not you're male, female, a parent, not a parent, as I said, don't even want to have kids, it doesn't matter. One of the ways that we can bring about the kingdom of God is through this idea of mothering the world. So I had an opportunity to gather together a few experts in the field this week. And we sat down for a great conversation. And some of these experts are going to be wildly familiar to some of you, especially if you go to the chapel or live here in Snowmass or Aspen area. And I'm just thrilled that they took the time to sit down with me and talk. These are three moms um, and myself who run the gamut from preschool age kids all the way up to uh, kids in their 30s um, who have grandkids. So we have a, a breadth and depth of experience in this conversation. And I thought it would be interesting for you all to hear directly from them this morning the lessons of motherhood that are universal. Now, we talked for over an hour, so I'm not going to show you all that. I'm going to show you a snippet of our conversation, which thanks to Adam Gilbert, our terrific uh, video audiovisual uh, director, he w- was able to edit down into a manageable uh, substance for us. But well, who you're going to see this morning um, are three fabulous moms. Dr. Heather Kaplinski is a parishioner here. She happens to also be the director of our Stephen Ministry Program. She's a clinical psychologist, works with youth and families, as well as everyone in her practice, and is a mom to two middle-aged, uh, middle school-aged kids. What? Oh, middle-aged kids, yeah. No, middle school-aged kids. Robert's laughing at me over here. <laughs> um, next, you're going to see in our video Deborah Madsen. Deborah is a, a mom and a grandma and just a wise, wise soul, has been around here for many, many, many years. And um, lastly with me in this video is Kara Gilbert, who is our has been our director of children, youth, and families over the years. She's the founder, along with her husband Adam, of our Camp Smashbox. She's an adoptive mom and has three beautiful young kids from uh, three to eight. So we we really spread it out there. And for those of you who don't know, I have three twenty-something kids. So this experience uh, around the coffee table was just awesome. In fact, I want to just share with you too that, by the way, um, the conversation took place in Heather's living room. And I think you're going to see a video, a little video of this that Adam had. Um, Heather's living room was the perfect place to do this because it had Legos in every corner, like massive creations of Legos, and then this amazing um, uh, ninja ropes course right in her dining room, which she said they put up during COVID. So uh, while we were all in quarantine, they were literally hanging from the rafters. Isn't that awesome? So it was just so real and authentic the setting and the conversation, and I think it's really gonna be a blessing to you today. We talked about um, how you don't have to be a mom to incorporate the lessons of healing and mending fractures, about how to have a heart of justice. We talked about how being a mom helps us learn to be present to the world's pain and wipe away its tears. But we kicked it off uh, with the power of truth-telling, in difficult conversations so take a listen.
1: My difficult conversations are probably coming later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. right now they're just little but um, through your parenting classes you've really taught just that firm foundation of love and trust mm. and the conversation isn't difficult when you come from that place at least mm-hmm. not yet <laughs> um, because you already have you just have that relationship and I think that's why the world struggles with difficult conversations because there's not that base of, There's not that foundation of love to work off of.
2: So one of the things that I try to, you know, talk to my children about is no matter what you've done, I'm here with you. Mm. Even if you did something horrible, mm. because we have some horrible things going on in the world, our kids are very capable of doing horrible mm-hmm. things. Sure. And so how... If you tell me the truth, you're giving me the information so I can process it. And then I'm going to hold your hand and you and I are going to walk through the fire together. We're going to walk forward. As long as I have the truth from you, you know, hold my hand and we're going to, we're going to just walk through this together. How, um, no matter what it is, I am beside you. And I think Jesus, that was Jesus, (laughs) he walked through fire with people all the time, no matter, they were sinners, they, you know, whatever they did. But how do you walk
1: through fire with someone? But the key is their vulnerability, right? Like Jesus can't go up to someone who's not willing to hold his hand and walk through that fire. And a parent can't do that either because kids can turn, so the vulnerability is big on both persons'
0: part. You gotta let your heart break a little bit in order to see the brokenness of the world and to want to do something about it. Moms know how to cry. (laughs) Moms know how to feel deeply for other people. Moms have empathy like nobody's business. So what has that taught you about the brokenness of the world?
3: I think when we're really connected to our kids, it's almost like a justice issue or you know when we see their suffering or their um, pain it makes us want to fight and want to cry and want to help and i think um, we can learn from that experience by figuring out what else in our lives other than the well-being of our own children what else can we let in to find that much empathy and fight for. God, that's
0: good, Heather. That's good. Cause sometimes we get beat up over that too, as moms. People say, oh, well of course she's gonna fight his battles or she's gonna, because that's her kid. But no, it's like a deep seated like that's my kid. And and that's what I come back to from the very beginning of this talk. What if we treated everybody, everybody. that way? Mm-hmm. Like the beloved children that they are, the beloved earth that it is. Mm-hmm. Why not fight? Why not feel mm-hmm. that the heart? Would you call it the heart of justice? Or mm-hmm. God, that's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Thank you
2: for that. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we put ourselves at the very end and we're so exhausted by that time that we don't we don't really take the time for ourselves.
3: Yeah.
2: I have that problem.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: we, I think,
0: do, we, do, we need to refill our cup. Yeah. We do as mothers, we do as community members, we do as leaders, as co-workers, everybody needs to, mm-hmm. to fill their cup. And when you look at the vastness of the world's despair, It can be so overwhelming that the only thing to do is to take a step back and say okay i need to regroup sometimes Mm -hmm. the magnitude of
3: everything feels too much so kind of trying to just get back to here's what i'm doing right now Mm -hmm. here's what i can do to be a good mother right now or to take care of this that needs to be taken care of or to listen to that person or cook the meal or get whatever i think just kind of Focusing on the moment and the small thing,
0: rather than the mm-hmm. overwhelm mm-hmm. of the big, or of it all. That's a lesson for the world, focus on mm-hmm. yeah. the little things. Little baby it? steps, you know, mm-hmm. moving forward in small steps.
1: Mm-hmm. When I read through your list of questions, Charlotte, a story, can I, and I haven't thought a lot about some of this stuff in years, cause we're, we've been in the thick of it with the little ones, but. Um, our oldest is was a foster child and then adopted and um, I remember being at the park with her and I was a brand new mom to this little little girl who was uh, two-ish and she asked there's two things that happened like within a week that really just reiterated to me motherhood and how this all goes down but she asked for a sip of my water out of my bottle and I had just met her, really, you know, but she was my kid, <laughs> and there was kind of that hesitation because I work in child care and I don't share my water with all these kids. But she, she was mine, and so I handed her my water. Um, and then a couple of days later, she was bleeding, and again, you don't touch just anyone's blood. But she was mine, and so those two things kind of just solidified. Here comes the tears. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to. Um, <laughs> what it looks like to accept a kid as yours. Yeah. And if we could treat, I mean, I don't advocate for going around touching everyone's blood, but <laughs> yeah. if we could treat the world like yeah. that, like share our water, wipe their, you know, wipe their pain away, just if we could love like that, it would just, would be pretty dang cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd
0: be pretty dang cool. I have to thank Kara and Deborah and Heather, just for sharing their hearts and being so open and vulnerable and willing to share those kind of key lessons with us. When I listen back to that video, I'm struck by some of the themes that came out of it. And one thing in particular is that the lessons of motherhood are meaningful because they're the lessons of Jesus. Jesus. The themes that came out for me include these. Number one, persevere in love. Persevere in that. It is the most life-transforming thing that we can do. It's the only thing that Jesus commanded, and it's what he modeled day in and day out. The other thing that st- struck out to me is um, have difficult conversations. Have them, but have them always with a bent toward love, toward listening, deep listening, being open to different perspectives and and differences in just who people are and how they show up. I look at the way that we talk to each other today and it makes me sad. We're so adversarial in everything and I'm not talking about just politics and and kind of social norms. You know we're living in a difficult time of disagreement but but my goodness, we've, we've lived through hard things before. We have lived through contentious, chaotic times in our history, but there's something now that people are just impatient with one another, don't you think? There's this, there's a, an adversor- adversarial tone to everything that we do. There's kind of a shaming tone in conversations where, where there's disagreement. And what I'm hearing loud and clear from these moms is, is show up for these conversations, but do so in love without being so quick to judge. We had a um, 17-year-old high school student here in Aspen who recently noticed this trend and said, we need some help and brought in an outside national organization to help them have better conversations. When a 17-year-old is noticing that we don't even know how to dialogue, that tells us something. So yes, moms and dads need to model difficult conversations at home, but we as a society need to be all in as well to reinforce that, to show up for those difficult conversations in love. The third thing that I want to point out is that Jesus also teaches us all throughout Scripture how to walk alongside people who are going through a difficult time. Deborah talked about this, walking through fire with people. Jesus showed us what it looks like to have a genuine encounter with people, to be present to someone. Yes, when they're in need, but also just in recognizing who they are. You know, some examples that come to mind from Scripture are when uh, Jesus saw Zacchaeus in the tree and said, Hey, come on down, we're going to go have dinner. He saw Matthew, the tax collector, who everybody despised. And he said, you know what? I need you on my team. He encountered the woman at the well who was a Samaritan. Totally unacceptable to speak to somebody like that. And yet, Jesus had the longest recorded conversation with her in all of the Bible. They talked about faith. They talked about religion. They talked about what it meant to have a heart of a woman. Jesus also turned and and found the woman who had touched his cloak. Do you remember that? She was uh, suffering from a bleeding disorder for 12 years and she thought if I could just touch him, just be near enough to him. He felt her presence turned and found her. These are just a few examples of Jesus showing up in love, being present to people. And this is what the moms talked about. Never underestimate The power of presence. The parenting writer Dorothy Briggs talks about this when she talks about having a genuine encounter moment with people. And that a genuine encounter moment is 100% focused attention. You're on their level. You're looking them in the eye. You're listening to what they have to say. And whether you're doing that with a child, your spouse, your coworker, the customer service rep at the counter. It makes no difference. What you're doing is you are interacting on a deep, human level. And that is transforming. It can be 30 seconds. It's all it takes to transform that moment. When we take that time, everything changes. Because now I see you. And once I see you, I might just see your pain. And once I see your pain, I definitely want to know how I can help make it better. It's really hard to walk away from somebody when you see them that deeply. Sometimes the world's pain and suffering can be overwhelming. We talked about that too, those small steps that we can take to try to make a change in the world. I think that we can get numb to the world's pain sometimes. And that is the opposite of what God wants for us. God doesn't want us to be numb to the world's pain. He wants us to be broken open by it and have hearts of compassion for it so that we can do something about it. That's what's going to help bring about the kingdom of God. Love like a mother. When we do that, when we When we do that very simple but very difficult thing, it will transform the world. And if we need more evidence, by the way, that that this is a gender-neutral activity, that this is something that moms and dads and males and females and kids and those without kids and those with kids, those who've adopted kids, aunts, uncles, brothers, cousins, makes no difference, the evidence of that can be found in the Gospel of Luke when Jesus was lamenting over the fact that that the people were not turning back to God, especially those in Jerusalem. And he said, oh, Jerusalem, how I have longed to care for you like a mother hen cares for her chicks, bringing them into her wings, Jesus said. But you will not let me. Jesus himself referred to himself as a mother. We can all take this on. We can all take the lessons of motherhood out and mother the world. It is, in fact, how the kingdom of God will be born. And Jesus didn't say that this was easy. He never said any of this would be easy, but he did promise something in exchange. In our scripture reading in verse 9 this morning, you heard him say, you heard Marion read, If you do this, my joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. There is simply no better way to live than to love in all we do. Love people, love all of God's creation. If you're unhappy with a system or with something that's going on in the world and you're wanting to change it, that is awesome. But remember that there is a live, breathing human being on the other side of that conversation, whatever it is. There is someone's beloved child that you are encountering. Act accordingly. And when you do, the result will be your complete and utter joy for the world. Amen.